Hello, hello. Welcome back. It's Leading Women in Tech Time. I'm your host, Tony Collis, and we're here to talk about you and your career once again. Whether you're a budding leader or an experienced CEO or anything in between, this is the show for you. If you're a woman in tech who wants to be a better leader, who wants to thrive, break through the glass ceiling and make sure it stays shattered for the women coming along behind you. That's what we talk about on this show. And today I'm talking about a topic I only really figured was a thing just a couple of months ago. It is FUMU, not FOMO, FUMU, fear of others missing out. Yes, this is different from FOMO where we have that shiny object syndrome that means we jump on all of the things. Today we're talking about what we do when we're scared of others missing out and how that impedes our career. And this is one of these topics where On average, and we're all about averages, generalizations, I know, and they can be dangerous. But on average, this is more likely to apply to us as women. I don't think this gets talked about enough. Our people pleasing kicks in. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. But before we do that, let me give you a little bit of an update about what's going on around here in TonyCollis.com land. Um, Summer is rolling to an end. I'm actually about to head off on vacation. I think this show will hit your earbuds the day I'm back from vacation, maybe the day after. I'm not quite sure. (laughs) Um, But we've been putting together some amazing plans over the summer for what we're going to roll out in the fall, in the autumn that's September onwards for those of you living in the summer southern hemisphere um and I'm really excited with all the things we've got planned we're not going to be doing any big launches but we have a lot of content coming your way we've actually got all of the podcast episodes mapped out for the rest of the year well into January we have some amazing content we have some amazing activities for you And of course, those of you who are in my academy or in my one-on-one programs, we've got some extraordinary stuff coming your way. So keep an eye on your inbox. If, by the way, you're not on my mailing list, we now do have Monday Musings emails uh, where I talk about leadership insights on Mondays. There's just no sales pitch. It is literally like a little leadership impact insight landing in your inbox every Monday, in addition to the normal Thursday email where we tell you what's coming on the podcast that week. So if that sounds good to you, head over to my website, tonycollis.com forward slash resources, sign up for any of the resources. They're all kind of cool. And that'll get you on my mailing list and you'll get Monday musings. Sound good? All right, let's dig in to fear of FUMU. Is FUMU, fear of others missing out, holding you back? This concept, well, this is a concept I kind of been aware of, but the term was coined by when I had a conversation with a colleague of mine. We were discussing how many of us hold ourselves back because of fear of what others might experience because of our actions, the fear of what that means for others when we take an action. And immediately this lady, Krishna, came back with, what you mean, FUMU? And I went, what? (laughs) Yes, fear of others missing out rather than fear of missing out. 
And I just think that's such a great term for something that is so damaging and yet so prevalent to our thinking as leaders. As leaders, it is our job to think of those around us. Yes, as empathetic servant leaders, it's paramount that we consider the implications of our actions, requests on the people we work with and everyone who might be impacted in some way. Unfortunately, though, many of us, and again, I do believe this is more prevalent in women than in men. I hope one day that's no longer true, but it is today on average more prevalent in women. Our people pleasing kicks in and the people pleasing brain, that side of our brain that goes, oh, I have to care about others more than I care about myself, can take this a step too far. If you've ever found yourself not saying yes to something, not putting your hand up, not accepting an opportunity or an accolade because you're thinking about what that might mean for others, you've experienced FUMU. (laughs) I'm going to have to figure out how to say that. It's double O in there. FUMO? I don't know. So let's talk about what FUMU, FOMO, FUMO (laughs) is and how it might show up, how it might be hurting your progression, what you can do about it. And also, when you still need to be considering the impact of others, because I don't want you to turn that off. People pleasing isn't as terrible as everybody makes it out to be. It is terrible when it holds you up. But the fact that you care about others is part of your empathy, part of the layer of you that makes you an extraordinary leader. I don't want you turning this off. I just want you using it at an appropriate level rather than letting it debilitate you. So let's talk about why and when it happens. I've already hinted at it by the name. It's the fear of others missing out. It often comes about when you're presented with an opportunity at work and you might then think, I can't do that because that means X or Y won't get the chance to do it. We do this at home as well. As parents, many of us may frequently find ourselves giving opportunities to our children and not taking it ourselves. That's great. Unfortunately, it conditions us to always, always put everyone else first. At work, it can be as simple as not taking your opportunity to share your opinion in a meeting, acquiescing to those around you for fear of them not getting a chance to speak. Again, this can be for good reasons. If, like me, you're a bit of a serial interrupter, that's definitely me, (laughs) with a million ideas, then it can be a really good thing to moderate yourself, turn down those speaking opportunities, and make sure everyone gets a chance to speak. However, if you're always reticent and speak less than others in the room, Maybe you acquiesce a little too much and tell yourself it's because others need to be heard. But I've seen this play out in much more significant ways. From people I've worked with who have told me that they didn't take on a project because they thought their colleague deserved the opportunity, to giving a promotion to a colleague instead of accepting it for themselves. Yes, I've had clients work with me who have done that. And you might sit here laughing, but really examine whether or not you've ever done anything like that. You've given something to somebody else rather than genuinely taking it for yourself. That second one is a rare one, like not taking a promotion and giving it to someone else because most companies wouldn't enable that, but it does happen, especially in very small companies without rigorous structures. When we do this, we're spending vital mental energy holding ourselves back because we think others might miss out. And we risk settling for less than our own potential. If you do this too often, you're going to find that this becomes a habit. In fact, it may already be a habit. Uh, For many of you listening, certainly if you're mid-career, it's likely already ingrained in who you are. I think this is something that we pick up very early in our careers, potentially even earlier than that, like in our childhood. Um, And certainly I would say 
for many of the women I've worked with over the years, by the time we're 30, it's so ingrained, it's even really hard to notice that we're doing it. And like I said, it does go hand in hand with people pleasing. I suspect I'm not a trained psychologist at this point, although I am the daughter of two psychologists, but <laughs> I suspect it is actually caused by people pleasing. Um, certainly all the data would suggest that from the behaviors that are going on here. And we often do this because we think more about the needs of others than our own needs. But remember, a lot of unhealthy people-pleasing comes from the need to be liked, the need to be loved, not to be negatively judged. We're fearful of what might happen if we aren't people-pleasing. And as leaders, we have to be okay with alienating some people. If you're here to do something extraordinary, whatever form that comes in, if you're here like me to change the world, you are going to irritate someone. <laughs> I have recognized that the more successful I am, the more I irritate some people. And you know what? That's okay. Don't get me wrong. I wish I didn't on some level. But if I want to change the world, I can't make everybody happy because I want people to change the way they operate as women in tech. I want the world of tech to change how it operates towards women in tech. I want leadership to change. If everybody was already happy with that, I wouldn't have a job. Don't get me wrong. I wish I didn't have a job. I wish I didn't have to have this job as much as I love what I do. But primarily because I don't want the world to be operating the way it is. But I've accepted that this is where we are. And if I want to change it, if I want to have that impact on the world, some people are going to be upset with me. You are going to see that as a leader. Even if you're not doing what I'm doing <laughs> If you are a leader and you are wanting to have an impact, you are going to be pushing buttons. You're going to be saying, we need to do these kinds of crazy things. And some people are just going to be upset by it. Embrace it. It means you're doing something exciting. Don't make the mistake of thinking that this means you must obviously be horrible to all people all the time. That's not true. You can be the kindest, most empathetic leader on the planet and still have haters. It just means you are doing great things. Instead, focus on how your empathy and compassion makes your vision more impactful instead of how you need to keep everyone happy. I could dig into how empathy and compassion makes that vision more impactful. That's another topic for another day, but it is strongly related to this fear of others missing out. So it's worth tying that all together. If you've recognized you give in to fear of others missing out, it's time to step up Take ownership of that behavior in yourself and decide to do something about it. Put yourself forward. Don't be afraid to celebrate successes, your, your own and others, and do not be afraid to chase your dreams. That's the first thing I suggest here. Have a dream. Have that goal. Have that North Star that I talk about all the time. If you're in my academy, you know I talk about North Stars all the time. That direction of travel that you want to head in. Make sure you know where that is. Figure that direction of travel out. And then don't be afraid to celebrate the successes on the way. Don't be afraid to grab the opportunities on the way. You can have both, wanting to see others succeed and allowing yourself to succeed. And you don't have to miss out, neither do other people. You do need to do the mindset work to find that balance, to find that place of, I'm comfortable that I'm taking my own opportunities, but other people are still doing well. You do need both, but you can hold both simultaneously. 
follow your values and make your choices in alignment with your values is part of what is going to help you do this. And a lot of the time when I dig into values with people who are holding themselves back because of others, they're actually not living by their true value set. When you actually dig under the surface and you look at the choices they're making, they're putting people ahead of themselves who aren't necessarily really truly aligned with what should be happening, but they just have this innate need to put everybody else first, irrespective of what that actually means for an organization, for a team, for a business unit, for fairness. And actually that creates some discomfort in us because some part of us knows we're not living by our values and ethics. Remember that if you don't put yourself first, you're actually going to be holding others back from time to time. If you don't take an opportunity that's passed your way and give it to somebody else, that could actually mean that your team is actually hurt by this, even if you give the opportunity to another member of your team. If you were the one singled out for it, you're the best one for it, and your business needs you to take that opportunity. So actually, by putting other people first, you could be damaging your team. I'm just going to put that one out there. Now, also remember that FUMU, FUMO, I'm going to get there eventually on this episode, <laughs> can actually also mean failing to toot your own horn. As we discussed in episode 112 of the podcast, failing to blow your own trumpet, failing to talk about how great you are. Remember that failing to talk about how great you are and what you've achieved is bad for your mental health, your career, and no one is going to sing your praises if you don't. Talk others up, but downplay your own achievements is a recipe for yourself never getting anywhere. If you don't speak up, you are never going to be heard. If you hide your talents, they're going to stay hidden forever, allowing others to take the spotlight. This is really bad for you, but it's also bad for your team. Your team isn't going to get acknowledged for how great they are if you aren't the leader sharing how great you are as well. Of course, this all goes hand in hand with letting others take the opportunities you deserve because of your fear of others missing out. If you don't speak up, why not? Is it because you're afraid that others won't get the chance? Now, this might also be because of a fear of a failure or imposter syndrome. Do check in with that, right? If you are scared of failing and that's why you're not taking an opportunity, that is different from fear of others missing out. Now, you may well have multiple layers of fear going on here, right? So dig into each one. It's where it's a really good idea to work with a coach on this and unravel all the different layers of fear that's stopping you taking actions in a particular way. And remember that Imposter syndrome is very, very prevalent. I'm actually yet to meet anyone who hasn't experienced imposter syndrome. I've met many people who claim they've got over their imposter syndrome or they've never had it. And if we actually challenge you and work on really accelerating yourself, getting yourself out of your comfort zone, seriously, every single woman I've worked with, and actually the men I've worked with too, which is smaller numbers, (laughs) have all experienced imposter syndrome. I'm now beginning to think that it's inherent in who we are. And actually the people who claim they don't experience imposter syndrome are either narcissists or have never challenged themselves. And so they've never actually had the opportunity to see how imposter syndrome shows up. Now, sometimes we don't challenge ourselves because of that. And that's an interesting thing to dig into. Um, If you are growing and you're not seeing imposter syndrome, reach out to me because there might be something else going on there. Um, The superstars that I've worked with have all learned that imposter syndrome, while it's there, if you have a toolkit for when it kicks in, 
You don't have to succumb to it. I have imposter syndrome all day, every day, I would say. <laughs> but it just sits there. So this little irritating noise on my shoulder, it doesn't hold me back anymore. Absolutely doesn't hold me back. Whether you call it imposter syndrome, self saboteur inner critic, it's all the same. Um, that can feed in directly with your FUMO, your fear of others missing out. So see how they interact. Um, if your imposter syndrome is all about perfectionism or fear of failure, you may well be feeding it by ensuring everyone else gets opportunities rather than yourself. So have that valid desire in yourself and make sure you give yourself that desire, fulfill that desire, but not at the expense of yourself, if that makes sense. Okay, so what can we do about it? I've kind of touched on that already by talking about imposter syndrome, but I want you to actually put in place some actions for yourself. If you recognize the fear of others missing out has been holding you up, maybe you're failing to speak up, failing to share your successes, and you're wondering how that interacts with your fear of others missing out, your imposter syndrome, there's some stuff we can do about it. The first thing to do is to look at the way FUMO plays out in your career, in your life, and in the way you interact with others. Start with a blank piece of paper and ask yourself these questions. Have you ever stayed in a job you don't like or you hate because you're scared of leaving? In particular, have you ever stayed in a job because you're scared of leaving and what that will do to your team or colleagues? I probably hear this one at least once a week and it breaks my heart every time. Let me give you some honest truth here. If you hate your job or you're in a toxic work environment or simply have no opportunity for progression and your stress levels are gradually rising, you will end up burnt out, my love. What happens when you burn out? Well, statistically speaking, you are very likely to become one of those 51% of women who leaves not just their job, but the entire tech sector by the midpoint in their career. Yes. Burnout is what drives us to leave technology as a career. Everything you've learned up until now, you throw it away. How does that help your team? <laughs> right? How does that help you change technology to be more inclusive, to have better companies, for better bosses? It doesn't. You are feeding the machine. If you are staying put because your team is benefiting from you being there, but you're putting up with all of this, you are enabling that company to continue. If you're listening to this and thinking, yep, I'm here because of my team, here's what actually goes on when a company gets someone like you in your position. Some part of the corporate machine knows you aren't going to leave. It might be a conscious thought by a boss. It might just be the cogs of the machine having adapted to the fact that you are reliably going to stay put. Whatever it is, if you've tried to change things and they aren't changing yet, they aren't going to change. You are actually protecting the company at this point, not your team. Sure, you're protecting your team from the worst of it, but believe me, they know how bad it is. <laughs> right? If you've got any people leaving, they know how bad it is. They likely know they are underpaid or that you're shielding them from a lot of bad stuff coming down from on high or sideways. And if they're as half as good as you think they are, they are riding this up because either they are waiting for the next opportunity or because it's easy for them. I've also had people, I've coached a boss and a direct report from the same company and found that they were both staying put for each other. And I thought, oh my goodness me, ladies, move. <laughs> what are you doing? When this happens, when everybody's waiting and writing it out, this is just wrong. But you can see that everybody's putting themselves first, except you, potentially. If you've got a situation like I just described with, with a couple of my clients, 
then everybody else is putting everybody else first and you're stuck in this cycle. But it can get worse than that because the machine knows you are staying and nothing is going to change. You can keep trying, you can keep banging your head against a brick wall, but nothing is going to change. One of the most powerful things you can do as a leader in this situation is to vote with your feet when all else fails. If the situation is toxic, get out and the company will either improve or ultimately fail. Your team will be better off once they move too and sometimes they need to realize that they won't always have you as that human shield that you are being. Stop focusing on everyone else. Step away from the FUMO (laughs) and get out if you are only staying for your team. The second thing I want you to assess whether or not is happening to you is when we have more confidence in the ability of others than ourselves. So this is one that's very tied into imposter syndrome. This can come after years of FUMO and imposter syndrome feeding each other. They become this self-fulfilling cycle that just reinforces over and over and over. We start believing our actions that stem from our fear of others missing out. So we might have started off giving the opportunities to others because we genuinely were like, oh, I can't take that. That takes away from them. But over time, that feeds our imposter syndrome. We start believing that we can't possibly do things and it has a massive impact on our confidence. This can also stem and feed a fear of failure as well. If you are always giving opportunities to everybody else, you're going to start believing that you will fail if you ever actually take one of these opportunities. If either of those two resonate, write that one down. (laughs) I would also love you to write alongside this some examples of where this has happened to you, some examples of where you've shielded your team, some examples of where you've given an opportunity to a colleague, some examples where... You've given opportunity to a colleague because you don't have the confidence to do it. Maybe somebody has said, you you deserve this and you're, oh, I couldn't possibly because. I actually want you to document how many times you've done that in the last six months or a year so you can actually see how much you are doing this. Because to break this cycle, you need to decide to take uncomfortable action of not giving in to this FUMO at some point in the next week. So what are you, what are you going to do with this? Well, the first thing I want you to do, and this is your mindset tip for the week, right? I want you to remember it's okay to set boundaries and to say no. Because sometimes that FUMO turns up with that real people pleasing, which can turn to anger and frustration. You're putting everybody else first. You say yes to things when actually that means you're saying no to something else that matters because of your FUMO. That's your first one. I want you to practice saying no in the next seven days. As a leader, your job is to deliver business outcomes and impact, not to mentor, right? (laughs) So sure, mentoring and nurturing your team is necessary, but a lot of the time we, as women, we take on so much mentoring. And as part of that, we quite often give all these opportunities to the people we mentor. That actually means we're not delivering on our responsibilities as leaders. So I want you to just start saying no more. I want you to start putting yourself first for this next week and I want you to explicitly think to yourself when somebody gives you an opportunity or somebody asks you to do something and you realize that you would say yes to that because you're worried that if you say no which is what you actually want to say you're worried about fear of that other person missing out I want you to write it down before you say yes to any of this I want you to write down the fact that this has come up right In the moment, you just put a pause on it. You say, can I come back to you on that? You don't have to answer straight away. And then ask yourself, what am I scared of happening 
if I do the other response, which is normally taking the opportunity or, you know, saying no to helping somebody when, because you don't have the time. I want you to write out what you're afraid of happening if you do what you need, if you put yourself first in a situation. Write it down. Then ask yourself, what is the worst thing that can happen to this individual? You'll likely find not a lot. (laughs) Do that exercise and find something this week where you are going to put yourself first when you wouldn't normally do so. You might be surprised at what happens for you and also the response you get from others. And remember, like all these things, this is a muscle. This is one of those things where when you start using it, it's going to get easier. The first few times are going to be really, really hard. So be really conscious for this first week. I would argue that you probably need to do about four weeks of being really conscious around changing this behavior in yourself. And then you'll probably wake up in six to eight weeks time where you're just more comfortable putting yourself first some of the time. And do not worry, you're not going to wake up some nasty human that is not who you are (laughs) we're just going to make sure you get the attention that you deserve in your career all right that's everything I've got for you today I truly hope you've enjoyed this episode I am about to go off on my summer holidays um as I said I'll be back by the time you hear this episode I would love to know about your summer holidays this year if you've done anything exciting but remember until next time Stay on your tech leadership game, follow your dreams, because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Women in Tech podcast.